0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Today we have our old buddy Rob Bell back on the podcast, and we're talking about uh, this novel that he wrote. It's called "Where would You Park Your Spaceship?" I, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into uh, when uh, when you know Rob and I talked about doing this because I uh, you know I, I didn't know Rob Bell the the novel writer, but he he wrote this post apocalyptic novel about a guy named Hingru Bears who lives in this small, tiny, remote planet uh, at the end of, like, the galaxy or whatever. And it's it's this fascinating story. And this conversation with Rob is really uh, fascinating itself because we talk about how Rob is... You'll hear him say it for himself, but it sounds like he's made this this turn in the work that he's, he's doing. And he's really... just caught up in this new thing and it's inspiring to watch um this new iteration of the work that Rob is doing and honestly I was really just kind of taken aback as I heard him talking about what this next chapter of his work is going to look like and you know Rob is you know Rob's Rob always interesting in talking with him always interesting hearing him and what he's up to and what he's going through and what he's thinking about and Uh, If if you don't know who Rob Bell is, uh, you're you're probably new to the podcast. Um, Rob started a church when he was young, maybe 30, if that, or not even 30, and blew up and became, you know, one of the fastest growing churches in the world or whatever those numbers are that say he at like one point is like 10,000 members. And, you know, he was, he was, he was the guy in Christianity. And he was the guy in American Christianity. And then, you know, Rob decided to step out and do something different. And uh, some of the decisions he made caused substantial backlash. Uh, every time I talk to Rob, I really have to catch myself so I don't end the conversation by saying farewell, Rob Bell, uh, which was kind of a uh, a moment, a zeitgeist in Christianity when uh, John Piper tweeted that after Rob. Publishes book love wins which went on to sell a ton of copies mostly and re- not mostly but uh, a, a lot due to the kind of backlash to what John Piper did and in some ways he um, propelled that book to get a lot more press than uh, than it was getting without this sort of farewell thing and so you know Rob did that made some other moves that disenfranchised him from much of American Christianity and you know I I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I wish Rob was still doing work that was similar to my work because you know I, I love church I love preaching and um, but I, I also celebrate that he's doing different things with his life because um, and, and he'll talk about some of that in the podcast but I always uh, enjoyed the opportunity and I appreciate Rob's generosity of time and I hope you enjoy the conversation and <laughs> hearing Rob talk about this novel that he published himself and. You know, it's just, it I'd it, love to see someone who's willing to follow their heart and follow uh, where the work is taking them. And um, anyway, hope you enjoy the conversation. Check out the book and um, yeah, all the best. All right, friends, welcome back to the show. Today, it is my honor to be joined again by Rob Bell. How are you, sir?
1: Over the years, joined again. We- <laughs> we,
0: we've done we've done a few of these yeah and i'm glad to be doing another one
1: me too this is wonderful thanks for having me on
0: yeah yeah uh first time in oh
1: yes
0: so this is like a different location i feel like we've done multiple locations for the podcast
1: mm. oh okay there's a Not lovers of los angeles location
0: there was a loss sure. there was one at a uh coffee shop or whatever in west hollywood
1: like oh interesting
0: near where you used to live okay there was one in the uh, the back house, I believe. Yes. Which most people know now for the publishing company named after, <laughs> said yes. back house. Long may it live. <laughs> yeah, there also was one at, uh, next to Fuller in Pasadena. Like the first time we were zimzuming, I believe that day. Oh. And it was. Wow, it was sure. next to. University or something. There's a the tall gentleman who
1: yes yes oh no yes mm-hmm. an okay. off campus yeah condo or apartment or something. Look at that! I mean, look it at sounds that sketchy. Little journey you took us through, right? Right? Yeah. It it sounded sketchier the way you just and described it. Off campus housing, a guy had yeah. a plastic bag with some stuff in it. He was passing it around.
0: <laughs> yeah. It. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it, dare I say, a method acting of podcasting in that moment. Uh, but today we're, we're we're here, and we have we have a novel to talk about, which is it, it's new. We've never talked about one of these before.
1: Uh, I'm ready. I am ready. You are ready.
0: Okay, uh, Stephen Pressfield. We we all know who Stephen Pressfield is. He, being the writing guru that he is, says even in fiction, we write about what we know. Do you know about living in a post-apocalyptic world, as a uh, poor kid in like a far planet who has braids? Like, is that what inspired you to write a, a book about this? Is that what you know?
1: Oh, that is why I love this story so much. That right there, mm-hmm. like, I can try and answer your question. I can completely avoid it. Mm -hmm. I can join you in the absurdity of the question. You know what I mean? Yeah. mm -hmm. That's that. Your question is the joy right there. Yeah. Like the familiar unfamiliarity. What does any Mm -hmm. of this have to do with any of anything? And yet it has everything to do with everything. And Mm -hmm. that right there is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I don't want to. I feel like we don't spoil the book when we talk about it because it's a novel. So we can't say, Rob, this is the point you're trying to make in the book, and this is the argument that you're working for, and these are the other ideas that bounce back and forth. I feel like it's a novel. I feel like it's a story we're telling, which you would, which
1: you hate as a reader, or like if you're watching a movie and it feels like it's we would say heavy-handed or on the nose. Think about like in storytelling, if the point somebody's trying to make, you can feel them trying to make it you're out Mm -hmm. the movie that has a message you just throw up in your mouth and you're like, turn this crap off. So yeah, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of all of this is you have to surrender. Here's what you need to get out away. What I want you to get out of this. That has to be surrendered on the front end.
0: Was that difficult to do since you've, a lot of the work that you, you do, like you're, you're giving us a message, great. you're helping to see right, things. Great, great question.
1: Yeah. Cause the work for 30 years was, you, you know, the, the work for 30 years was, this is what I'm telling you. This yeah. is me explaining it. Here are mm-hmm. the words, the history, the archeology, span the philosophy, the poetry of it. Here's mm-hmm. what I just told you. Here's mm-hmm. the next thing I'm telling you. Here's what it yeah. means. Here's how mm-hmm. you can apply it. Sound familiar?
0: Uh, it sounds like my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly so, what you're
1: talking about. So you yeah, so obviously for me this there is this is yeah, there's that's obviously part of the joy. Mm-hmm. There's none of that works in this. But uh uh-huh. then people end up saying, Oh my god, the stuff that's happening in this book like is it's better clearer, it's more moving than the other stuff which i think is just the ultimate sort of paradox in it just Mm -hmm. such a thrill
0: (laughs) i i picked up a few themes that were in a story about a person from a far planet who's sounds like his last name is growing bears uh but can you say his name i just want to hear you say Heen grew bears he he, he grew bears. And when which he is, grew bears,
1: when Diltudd, when he's spelling it for he, diltud and he's like H mm-hmm. E E N G R U B A R E S, and he, diltud's like, wait, why the dash? Why this needless division? Yeah, <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great... <laughs> oh, I love it so much. He's so... Did... He's so. diltud is absolutely, deeply frustrated and troubled by the dash in his last name, and has to just... Like, this is an offense to humanity. Yeah.
0: I don't want this to be too insider baseball for my listeners who haven't read the book, but I feel like there's a character named Dilta that I feel like you enjoyed writing him more than any other yeah, character.
1: Oh, my I, God. I, yeah, and of course, obviously, at some point, you'll be able to purchase the piddle, piddle, piddle coffee mug.
0: Of course. Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you ever lose the ability to speak for a period of time, that's what you'll want to say when
1: you're coming and back I don't, to humanity. Yeah, and that, like, that character... I love him so much. Yeah, Of course, obviously, he'll have his own book down the road, but I just, yeah. like I, I, And his weird speech patterns, which you'll need a whole book to explain why his speech and grammar, and then he makes his own outfits, and he's... And the color scheme. And the, and the stuff where he'll, like, what is, he? yeah, yeah, the, he, this universe isn't going to heal itself, like, just mm-hmm. all the stuff he's... <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I, I yeah. love how much you're in
1: loving the characters. Love, that love, and Chris, Chris, came Kristen came to life. Kristen even has said to me multiple times, "All you actually want to do is just talk about your characters." Because so, that's actually just what you want. Because I'd come in at the end of a day at, at dinner and just be like, "Oh God, Dill, like tell her what Dill Tud said that day." You know what I mean?
0: He has this ability to notice things, but he's struggling with awareness of what really matters. It's like he can he can notice details but he's missing awareness of like the importance of relationships and connection to people.
1: There's yeah, there's there's a, a lot of moments when he's in the experience and he's also observing himself out of the ex, staying at a distance from the experience, observing mm-hmm. how he is behaving in the experience and mm-hmm. he keeps this endless reflection on how numb he is. It's like almost like he's just realizing that he's been in a fog. Yeah. Like when he's, think, yeah?
0: He says he's, uh, I, I'm a blunt object. He said that at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he's, the grief, the like, grief has numbed him. Hmm. And, and, I, th- I think he's so compelling because he cannot figure out what it is about this. He lands on Furtis. It's random and he, at planet. one point, he even tells you, "Like I think it's his 138th planet." But then he's like, "What the? What is happening to me? Why of all these planets?" Which I think is one of the most compelling questions of the story. Why does he begin to feel on this planet, not all the other ones? Like, what mm-hmm. is it about? Why do? Why do we? Why do we wake up in certain ways when we do? Why do you? someone has said something to you for years, and all of a sudden one day you actually hear it. They're like, oh my God. You know, like, how to, yeah. how mysterious our own waking up. And when he does begin to feel, the first feelings he feels are incredible annoyance at this guy, Dil. He doesn't feel suddenly wonderful and alive. He's just absolutely irritated by this guy, Dil Tud, who just mm-hmm. walks up and acts like they're friends. So even the and, first feelings, as he comes out of the numbness, his first feelings aren't, man it's awesome to be alive his first feelings are get this chuckle schmuck out of my face what the you know what I mean yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I just think all that's just yeah that's it's fascinating to me
0: Mm mm-hmm I love how you are detached from the characters. Like, I'm, I'm very stunned because <laughs> yes. you're, you're yeah. acting though as like this isn't <laughs> your characters that you created. Like, the, you act like they're living objects. You're like, you know what? This guy lives next to me. Yeah. Uh, I made him up. Like, I've described everything about him, and yet he's different from me completely.
1: Right behind my—I'm right, in the garage here on the other side of that wall— in among all of these paintings I've been doing, you can see them all stacked there. I see them, yes. Is a giant piece of plywood with the universe of where'd you park your spaceship mapped out. And then there are different colors for different planets. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the Battershell route, which was closed down, which is why he ends up at that bookstore. That, mm-hmm. Like we all that, the Outer Pangs, the Nines, Mebes, Mariva, Lunlay, Yorch, it's all, Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's all at at point,
0: that. At what point? At point when you're doing that do you fear that someone's going to call like the FBI and think that you possibly are doing some mischievous planning of something evil?
1: No, it's, it's too enjoyable, and it just just keeps. It's like uh, it moves outward in every direction, so. Like people Bourne's wife, when you find out that she's actually a doctor and her specialty is heart surgery, but she's called a guide. Yeah. Um, when you go to her to become one of her patients, she gives you a pamphlet that is called How We Health. Because for her, mm-hmm. health is a verb, and it's an introduction to how she understands your health. But of course, at some mm-hmm. point, that you'll, be able to act, you'll be able to get that pamphlet if you need it. Or Bobby <laughs> Freelance, who people keep coming to him because they want like help. Yeah, he needs. To, he's going to write yeah. a self-help book called "You Just Got Bobby Freelanced," where he's just going to give you his eleven rules for a living. Mm-hmm. So yeah. oh, that's the joy of all this.
0: I was going <laughs> to say, like, I think anyone listening to you for the past fifteen minutes feels like you have so much joy in this project.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. So fun. Like literally, um, I, I'll do this for the rest of my life. That'll be a good life. What do you mean? Almost that simple. As simple as like, um, I want to do this I'll do I'll, I'm gonna do this
0: you want to write this story and let this universe grow and
1: yeah it's a world it's a yeah and it literally is a universe but it's a world so though so, yeah there's a lot more there's a lot more here so let's make that so that you want to do life. this for
0: the rest of your life that would be a good like life. The,
1: mm, yeah. but just just the very the thing that's happened to you the thing that happened to people listening. The moments when you're like, yeah, that'd be a great life. Something arises. So we have an experience. We try something. We do something. We experience something for the first time. And something within us goes, yeah, I want to do that. Hmm. That incredibly simple, pure, undiluted sense of next. Let's, let's do that.
0: Mm-hmm. W- yeah. When did the first uh, like idea of this whole world slash universe fall come into of your
1: mind? Twenty fall of twenty two years ago now, because Labor two. Day two days ago, yeah. Three days ago, yeah. No, it was Labor Day. I fell. I got worked surfing, like a three wave beat down. Mm-hmm. And it sliced open, sliced open my chest. Actually, the wetsuit. The wetsuit's right there on that table. Yeah. It it sliced open my wetsuit. The fin of my board went through the wetsuit, oh, and sliced it open. That's not good. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was it was I was absolutely terrified. But I I like for days I just sat in this chair cuz I was in so much pain. <laughs> but something sitting there. It was You know when something happens and you know that it's about something else? It's mm-hmm. so it's so obvious and so direct and it's so painful or jolting or disrupting or something or joyful that you have like a, wait, stop and listen to this. It's mm. not just a thing. Sometimes a thing is just a thing. A cigar is just yeah. a cigar. Sometimes it's sure. more. Like somebody says something to you and you're like, oh, that's interesting what they said. But other times you're like, no, 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 that thing they said. That's, sit with it. It's, it's something way more than that. But yeah, um, yeah no, I had this profound something's ending something's ending and something's beginning and yeah it was like really yeah I could like it's like it it almost like came up from my feet the brain was the last to know what it was
0: hmm. mm-hmm. what What do you think was ending
1: I was born into this family and at the center of this family was Christianity. So I went to church, and there was the Bible, Jesus, God, etc. Mm-hmm. And I, at the end of college, I decided to go be a, go to seminary and become a pastor. But I, I realized now that I was trying to make sense of where I came from. What is this? What is this thing that is? The family I come from—that's so strong and loud and present—that also is, oddly enough, America. I, I'm this thing I'm a part of is a microcosm of a larger thing. What is mm-hmm. it like? Uh, and at some level, I—the work was—the work was always very, 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 very personal for me because I realize now I was trying to understand where I come from. Who separating babies from bath waters? Mm-hmm. Like what about this is good? Who who is the Christ and what what is this? And what about it is good and true and enduring and indestructible and helpful and and what about this isn't mm-hmm. and is to be left behind? There's like a parsing, like a separating, like a which is what any friend of mine was like. Yeah, that's what a scribal textual. Teacher does, like what mm-hmm. you do. Like you're pulling things, you're, this is this, this is that. Mm-hmm. This is, <laughs> there's something about that work that was wonderful and powerful and did it for a long time. It also has a certain heaviness to it. It's a role. It's a role. And there was, it's a role you play. And That's said with nothing but love and respect. And then you also could do something else. (laughs) That's that's literally how it was. was like, do you want to go do something else? Yeah, I do. mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. It was a very, like, tender, vulnerable. Jesus the Christ kept showing up going, hey, you want to do something else? You've been telling my stories for 30 years. Great, good job, but it's getting awkward. You have stories to tell, don't you? Like you keep repeating mm-hmm. my Great, love it. But you got stories in you. Because this story was coming 10,000 words, 20,000 words, 40,000 words, 70. I remember when this, 50,000 words, 80,000 words. I remember when Would your Park Spaceship book one, the first draft. I remember when I was like, wait, this is longer than anything I've ever read written. Like mm-hmm. this and it's I'm still in the intro to the intro to the intro. Like and then all of a sudden I was like, oh book two then is that. Oh yeah, then that means book three. Like this is I'd written some books, a couple books, and those were generally two hours each morning. Like it's about how long I could sit still and I was like, Can I go out yeah. and play? <laughs> like those books were yeah. all written a couple very disciplined couple of hours each morning. And suddenly I'm telling this story about spaceships and he grew Gruber's and Dill Tud and I'm dropping my daughter off at school, coming home, writing, and then all of a sudden being like, oh my God, it's time to pick her up. like, wait, what? Then I start buying groceries on Sunday and planning out lunches for the week because I'm like, I can't be wondering what I'm going to eat for lunch. I got to get back to, Hmm. it's like Obama in his five suits. You know what I mean? When he was like, yeah I only got like five suits. I can't be deciding when I, everybody yeah, I said that I just, fatigue. I just love.: yeah. Right. Um, so my, so I started doing my other jobs, whatever that means, like almost in the margin, like in like evenings or in the margins, because this thing was like just kept asking for more.-hmm Bye, bye.: um, Yeah, so that's how it
0: happened. Okay, so there's a traumatic water sport injury, which for those keeping record at home, that's at least two that's made it into the Rob Bell writing story. Um, <laughs> what? Just this morning, by the way, just
1: this morning I was getting dressed and I was like, oh, that's right. I shredded, my sh- there's my foot. I shredded the top of my foot on rocks Monday surfing. Yeah. And just this morning I was like, dude, you should put a band-aid on that. <laughs> yeah. Just so I didn't, much.
0: <laughs> I went surfing anyway. one time had ended up, like, landing on coral, bruises, a lot of different places. And uh, so, I I, like, I I can understand that surfing's kind (laughs) of dangerous for you. Um, (laughs) So you have the the brain injury when you're, like, water skiing as a kid or, like, college, and then you decide to become a preacher.
1: Oh, no, yeah, when I was 30, I did hit my head pretty hard. Oh, 30, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it would have been better if it was at the beginning and the end. No, Uh, I did have a brain.
1: I had a brain. I had viral meningitis in college. That was the... Yes. Okay. Oh, I got right. it. I see what you're saying. You're trying to keep my head injuries. Yeah. I'm just
0: trying to <laughs> narrate Wind the work of Rob in comparison to different brain injuries. <laughs> through. Through. Yeah. Okay. But you have this one with the, the oh, thing in, in your beef. rib. It, right. But you said there was a
1: heaviness to the old work. That's just, that is a role. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That is, yeah. that is a thing you do for people. And it's, it's, Incredibly meaningful, and it's yeah. It's also it's a it's a thing you you take on. And you feel
0: like that heaviness. As I was hearing you say that, it sounds like you're saying that heaviness isn't there right now. That this phase of your life, that's it was not... just
1: a revelation of for you or anybody listening. Like, do you want to keep doing this? I want to do something else? Hmm. Like you can take that. You you can do something else. Anybody, you can do something else. I know you've done this for a while. Great. What a wonderful Mm -hmm. chapter. There's nothing about your fidelity to whatever it is that you're doing that somehow means you're yoked to it forever. It just means this is what you're doing right now.
0: The the way you say that, it's almost like you're reacting to a lot of people who feel like there's no such thing as a chapter in their life, but it's just like this is in perpetuity what your life is always going to be.
1: A reflection of a modern world so divorced from the earth. Think about how many people, how deeply divorced from the rhythms of creation the modern world is. Mm -hmm. Tile floors, fluorescent lights. A lot of people spend all year breathing air that's been run through a machine, either heated or cooled. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can get tomatoes at 3 a.m. in Minnesota in February. Well, are tomatoes in season? I don't know. They're all the exact same size and shape. That's just suspicious enough. And I can get them at 3 a.m. in Minnesota and make salsa. Like, I don't care if it's in season or out season. But all of this produces a modern world that generally for people things end because it's a train wreck. Generally, like somebody leaves something. Well, what happened? Like, generally, hey, so-and-so's leaving. Why? And the person says, oh, because it was good. We immediately scandal suspicion. Yeah, but what really happened? Especially yeah. like in your line of work. So mm-hmm. um, I'm leaving. Why? Because it's been a great seven years. Yeah, yeah, but what really happened? Did you have a falling out with, did you get like a blackballed at the castle? Like what happened? No, it's just been, I'm leaving because it's great. So most people only know divorces. They don't know graduations.
0: They don't know graduation.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is simply, yeah. I signed up to do this, and I gave it everything. And so so it's interesting. You ask a group of people, try this sometime, and notice I've never seen a group of people not, you ask people, can you think of a time or a relationship or a job or a geographical location or a house or apartment that you stayed in too long? Every single crowd I've ever asked that, everybody goes, yeah. And then you ask follow-up question. Was there a moment when it was time to leave and you didn't leave because it was comfortable because there was a paycheck because mm-hmm. you everybody that's like a universal experience of yeah i stayed too long so seasons chapters yeah it's almost friend... foreign it's almost foreign it's like almost like a thing people have to be taught from scratch we have to learn from scratch
0: we have to learn to to stay or that there are seasons
1: It's okay. It's okay if you want to. uh, Yeah, you might be done. Hmm. Like I do these sessions in Ohio where people, we sit under the tree. You would love to watch how many people are done. And there's something new. And. All they just all, like permission. Yeah, oh, you're done doing that. It's okay. Yeah. What about all the people depending? What about all the people? No, it's not because you're not lo- like all the loyalty stuff people have in their head or fidelity or I'm not a quitter. Yeah, no, you're just tuned into who you actually are. Like <laughs> you could do this for a while, can then now go do something else. It's okay. Sure. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's actually how it fr- works.
0: Yeah. I had a friend who was at uh, something in West Hollywood where I think it was a book release thing that you did for book release party f- for this book uh, recently. That oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said uh, that you seemed like renewed and like that there was like this like kind of new thing. Oh my god. It's like he a whole sends whole life. Me. Yeah. You feel that way? I oh, mean that's my what, god. it sounds like that's what you're saying right now based on the surfing story and
1: that thing that he uh that, that the the Largo show he came to I built I made a pop-up art store bookstore in the atrium at the theater at the club. Okay. Of and um I had all these paintings that I've done and the books and my plays and I just like made a whole store. It was the best. Just a ton of stuff that you've been working on. I literally loaded my car, filled it with like boxes of books Mm -hmm. and paintings, and drove down to LA and like unloaded it all myself and set it up. And it was like Mm -hmm. starting from the beginning. It's like a rapper Mm -hmm. selling CDs out of his trunk. Like it was this very... yeah. And I'd written some other books, and there was a publisher, multinational corporation involved. So you show up in a city... Yeah. And literally someone hands you a Sharpie and there's books magically on the shelves. All these wonderful people do all of this.
0: Yeah, and
1: Two weeks ago it was like me loading some boxes of where would you park your spaceship in my car and ah, it's just the best. It's so the you just
0: uh, uh Dave Grohl in his uh autobiography tells the story of like printing off a hundred cassettes after the tragic passing of Kirk Cobain and he made his
1: Oh, that first Foo Fighters, those first Foo Fighters. Yeah, songs. Yeah,
0: yeah. But he had hundred cassettes, and he would go around, and he was selling them. And like the way he tells that story is like so romantic, of like, "Hey, this is your, you know, you're doing your the art and doing the project, and and you're coming alive from doing something like that." I hear you describing that because when we first met, it was your publicist had connected with me, and hey, here's this, yeah, and yeah, I send yeah. stuff, the machinery, and, and the machinery, yes. Yeah. The process of writing with uh, backhouse books. <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're doing this yourself, obviously.
1: And yeah, because you're, you're like, you, well, you you know, if I go in to meet with a publisher, what's the next book? What's the next Rob Bell book? Well, this guy named Heen Goubert is on the Planet Furtis. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Todd, then this Nunez shows up, and she's a signed seven, and she's going to do a grading, because the chairs mm-hmm. who are, <laughs> right? mean, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, but seriously, nice. But, like, what's the next Rob Bell book? This is the Rob Yeah. Like, you just already know where that discussion is going to go. So you realize... Oh, you just got to do it all yourself and learn what you learn. Mm-hmm.
0: So the guy who attended the show at Largo said something about that. You talked about the grief that you've endured, uh, with your dad's passing. And, uh, he said that you talked about that there. Um, obviously mm-hmm. you, you've done a couple of podcasts talking about that. Um, when, uh, I'm not going to get through this one very well. Um, <clears throat> The line you say about um the protagonist's mom uh she has an injury brain injury she's not the same after that, and you used uh the word untethered mm. mm-hmm hmm. yeah, I got a question hold on so um ooh. <clears throat> I think my phone's cutting out uh, bad signal here um. <laughs> When when you wrote that line, you know, my experience of having a mom who passed away a couple of years ago after chronic illness, um, you spoke about something that seemed really um, spot on. And the word untethered carried a lot of weight to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you chose that word, what was the significance to you? Because you could have described a brain injury that causes her to function a vastly different way in a plethora of other ways, but you used the word untethered, and then you say oh, she, she floated away from us.
1: Yeah, because he, he had this image of seeing a uh, space station where they were working on the outside of it, and the people were connected by just a rope, and he always was terrified when he would fly by one in a spaceship, and he would see those people out there, Yeah, and he was like, God, if that rope breaks... So I loved that this analogy to something none of us have ever seen in person out in mm-hmm. space. Yeah. So part of it is the far enough, completely unrelatable nature of the imagery. I'm fascinated with how it's like I'm literally picking. Have you ever been in a spaceship and driven by people who are doing maintenance on a space station? Not one per, not one reader yeah. anywhere is like, oh, dude, I know that feeling when you're like, oh, how do those guys even stay connected? How does she she could just float away if that rope breaks? So uh, to me, the juxtaposition of the familiar and unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. So the language that is so tactile and descriptive and particular about something you've never experienced, oddly enough, that's what kept happening with me is I was like, I'm getting at my own vulnerabilities and pain. Or the unconscious, or who's even writing this? How does this have this kind of power? Mm-hmm. It's plain... It's, there's a power that... Uh, Game of Thrones, Succession. None of us have six helicopters and nine SUVs when we go anywhere. Like, Speak think, for yourself, Rob. Right. Think about how many of the great stories... There's, our life is nothing like theirs, and yet... Mm-hmm. We can talk about it for what it means to us for days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of moments because I'm not writing consciously about anything that I know really. Any, I don't have people I'm thinking of, and yet this writing of this book, I would stop and just sob. I, honestly, I the editing of the book. The reading through it, I started recording the audiobook the other day, and it happened to, like, I can't read it without, even to edit, um, and it's what, 550 pages, the first draft was 750, and then I took a book out of it, took I took a book out of it to make this book 550 pages, and I can't read through it without deep emotion. And I don't, hmm. some of that I don't even know, which is why it's so meaningful to talk to you and hear what moved you because it sh- showed I learned more about it. Hmm. I don't know what I meant by, I don't know why I'm tethered. I can kind of tell you why. And I also don't, no idea. And it yeah. moves me in a similar way.
0: Yeah. And also the part about, you know, the husband. The, the dad right. who lives with mom who's untethered that eventually right. becomes too much for him and he too ends up being untethered.
1: Right, 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 right. Hmm. And obviously, like, my dad had dementia at the end, but not when I was younger, and there was music in my house, and so I didn't grow up with anything like, he, like, there isn't a one-to-one. Yeah which, um, obviously, for so many reasons. you've never
0: had braids, either.
1: <laughs> oh, and even that. Even that, when when he's carrying lines through the night, and turtle all back. of a sudden... Pardon? Turtleback, that's what you called it. Oh, my, yeah, tur-
0: yeah, turtle shell. Um, no, no, when, when I take my daughters for a swim, they always say, can I have a turtle back ride? Oh, there and you so go, sure. When you said sure. turtle shell, I was like, oh my gosh, that's my...
1: You know that. Yeah, um, yeah I know that. Yeah, so all of a sudden, when he's yeah so that wasn't that's the kind of thing that happens in the writing. Oh he has, of course he has braids. <laughs> almost like who's even what's happening here i there's a there's a, there's a Rob Bell going, he has braids, Of course he has braids, but he's doing he... that in response to some other Rob Bell who like types. Have you always had braids? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I know. I know it's good times. It's it is
0: so you you're telling a story that has a lot of things that connect obviously to every reader will be different to me it's one thing for because of my story and where I'm coming from uh but I think the story of grief to isolation and healing is ultimately found like in community I mean you don't have to be a preacher to tell that story it feels like that's a story that like everyone mm. intuitively not intuitively knows but everyone has seen that story of it, like we run from something, we run from being in a connection, we've been disappointed, we disappointed others, and healing is never running away, but it's always running back through.
1: Or like with Hing, he's disowned. Yeah. Like his, he doesn't want any, he doesn't ask for any of this. He gets blamed and disowned at the, when they're about to burn the body. Mm-hmm. So there's like this great, He's already had an Actually, in some ways, that's the third, like, that's the third trauma at some level. Yeah. So he, he isn't even, he doesn't want any of it. And he ends up, decades, laps later, like, almost, like, it's like where, he's like in a fog or something. And he begins to, wait, have I just been like, because he keeps talking about how good he is at his job. And I love how he's, like, piecing together. I, I think the reason I'm really good at this is because I'm like so standing at a distance from my own life. I'm so shut down. Weirdly enough, I'm so shut down, which makes me very good at this job.
0: Yeah. It's almost like our, uh, things that we function very highly in are compensating for the things that we function very
1: poorly. in. (laughs) And yeah, Yeah. it's like this thing that makes me, I think I'm the best, but like, I love when he's like, I think I'm the best in the universe at this job, but he also at the same time is like, I don't actually want to be that good at this.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fascinated by how you respond to your own characters. That is really interesting to me. <laughs> me too. I'm kind of taken yeah. for a, for a loop here, but I, to hear that your wife even says how much you want to talk about your own characters makes me feel like I'm seeing this the same way as her. Like I'm very fascinated yeah. by this. Mm-hmm. That you mm-hmm. find so much joy in the work that you're doing. I that you find love so it much- more.
1: Hmm. I couldn't love them more. And what they're wearing and their name, like every name has to be made up from scratch. And they're, yeah, love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was just in Iowa because we're, um, the beginning of next year, we're doing the production of one of my plays. So I was in Iowa for a reading with the actors. And then we did a public mm-hmm. reading. And working with the actors and watching them read my play and seeing them finding their way into these characters and then discussing with the actors. Like and they're like looking to the playwright, like for this and so I'm noticing oh it's, it's so fun. So fast it's ab- absolutely fascinating to me. I can't you, you reference so the play in the novel oh yeah that was a big moment that was a that was actually a huge permission moment for me because the one, early on in the book the one character writes a play and heen is is asks heen to be the narrator and then all of a sudden i was like you have know, the play the play is called what's a nuka a play i've written And i was like wait can i that's so on the no, what is that self-referential i don't even know what the term is for that like I was like, oh, I could publish the play. So this in this book, a character writes a play, but then you can also get the play. The p- play is also a book. And honestly, Luke, there was like, a, is that, she like, the NPR New York Times crowd, does everybody just I roll their eyes at like, that's so obvious? And I was like, I don't care. There was like, a, like a, what about actual respected literary authors, playwrights, intellectuals? All the stuff, all the baggage I have in my head about being wanting to be respected by legit people. um, There was like, there was like a profound. I just had a moment, like, it's called what's a nuka. Like it was just a straightforward. No, I'm I'm making a world here. I get to make Mm -hmm. the rules. It was it was like a permission giving. Oh yeah, I see what's happening. Oh, I see. It was like a big moment for me to realize. Huh. No, no, no! Just follow it. Just, just, just go all the way. Literally, just go all the way. And that's when I started to realize, oh, all these little ants. That's just part of oh, it's a, it's a world. It's not a book. It's a world, and mm-hmm. it's that. That was like the thing. That was like that. Once again, the tender, innocent, vulnerable, just. Go all the way. You don't have to. You, uh, I have protected myself for years. Like, make From... sure that you're covered. Make sure you're covered. If you're in an interview and you get asked questions, make sure that you've read it. Make sure that you have good, make sure that you appear smart. Make sure that you appear well read. Make sure that you don't appear naive. Make sure that you've, like, uh, yeah yeah it's done that yeah so hmm. th- to this with this like no way, forget it we're going <laughs> just go you know what to do here <laughs> that's been very much the yeah,
0: what enabled you to make that turn
1: mm, I think the pain of I wanted, you want to be legit, you want to be respected, you want to be in the game, you want to appear like you know what you're doing, and I tried that. And it, I was in Brazil in 2018 doing an interview, and they were like, what's your stance on? Next question. What's your position on? Next question. It was all the worst topics. And it was all the most controversial, just fist-fighting topics What's your position on? Where do you take a stand on? And like four questions in, I remember just stopping the woman and being like, it's just like the list of the worst, least enjoyable topics to talk about. And do you just have a lot, are we just going to go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like is that, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to have like a one sentence statement about each of these, <laughs> like mm-hmm. where I take, and I remember just being like, I don't want to do this. I'm not here to do this. You know what I mean? That- yeah. I'm sure you have yeah. the people who ask you, like, Luke, well, how do you stand on? Like, where, where, how do you read? What is your, like, and the expectation is that you have some, this is how I come out on that. And it's just, and then you can just endlessly split hairs. The mind, like the books behind you, you can make a career out of splitting hairs. By this, I mean this, not this, and this, not this. I think I did that for years. Like, and you just, whatever you do, you don't want to be caught in an interview saying something and somebody's like, yeah, but have you read so-and-so? all of the recent archaeological evidence or what mm-hmm. we know, you know what I mean? Like I'll be, there's something I, there's some Ted talk I haven't seen that like mm-hmm. will show me that the brain da 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 and I'll look like this idiot who's uninformed. Mm-hmm. And so some, I played that out at some level on a, I played that out. And so something about this is like the, <laughs> now let's do this. The place called What's a <laughs> Does that make sense? Like there's some yeah. sort of... And in the process, as soon as I started showing this to friends, people were having reactions that were like, 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 like you and I just talking about the word untethered in your experience with your mother. Like there was a whole nother kind of interaction. Mm-hmm. I would send it to a friend and she'd say, I can't talk about the book yet. I'm too shook. Like, like, hmm. oh, what it did to me, it did to her. But then she'd tell me what it did to her. And it'd be like a similar feeling, but for completely different reasons. So it was hmm. like something about 30 years of talking about what you can relate to, 30 years of talking about the big stuff, heaven and hell and love and peace and grace and the resurrection. And then I start sending this first draft to friends and we're like instantly in, uh, into deep into our hearts does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's like oh and obviously there's a long tradition people who wrote about theology philosophy quote unquote the big stuff and then at some point they were like okay there's this guy named Bill Baggins Or, and there's this, there's this wardrobe and these kids climb into it. Mm -hmm. So at first it felt like this giant departure, like, what am I doing? And, and I did have some moments along the way of like, oh no, I'm actually weirdly in a tradition right now. Hmm. People who were saying very specific things about the big ideas. And then at some point we're like, to take, to say what I need to say next, I got to take you into a world. Come with hmm. me. Come with me. There's a ring. There's actually a couple rings. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a guy who's trying to throw this ring. Um, yeah. So it's a departure, and it's also not.
0: In what way would you say that it's not a departure? Obviously, you're with C.S. Lewis. You're with Tolkien. You're these guys who are telling stories.
1: So, so a, a departure in the sense of like, yeah, there's a lot of people who worked in a particular medium, and then. At some point, we're like, okay, the thing that's coming up within me to give it expression, it isn't just a straightforward A point B point C. I got to take you into a whole world and see what you see.
0: Mm -hmm. You said you played the game of trying to have respect from all the Mm -hmm. respected Mm -hmm. people or something Mm -hmm. like that. Sounds like you're. Excuse me. It sounds like you're not in that place anymore. Like that. That's not the motivator like it used to be if you're talking to someone who finds himself still in that situation where they feel like they still are constantly asking, how do I make sure I respond to the question in such a way that I am respected and I don't look like I'm naive. Right. Like what advice would you give them? What, What would you tell
1: them? Every question you get comes from a person and that person, there's a story that that question is coming from. And that for many people in the modern world, they get asked that question, and so they then try and answer the question and not ask the person, what what makes that interesting to you? So you have people walking around, publicly even, very loudly and vociferously expounding on their positions and their philosophies and their opinions, but it all comes from personal narrative.
0: Hmm.
1: So... Why are you so passionate about that? And in my experience, the people who are most convinced of their own rightness appear to be the most passionate, who seem to be able to spit the facts faster than everybody else. You start asking them a couple questions, and you get to their parents' divorce. You get to the cancer. You get to the factory that got shut down. You get to narrative, story. And quickly you can see why this matters to them. Um, So I just came from, over time, I could answer your question and give you a nice six paragraphs on that, but not get to the pain or the story or the question behind the question, which was always way more interesting and actually would bring us together. Otherwise, it's just you listening to me go do my five paragraphs on whatever topic you just asked about, and then you're sitting there evaluating whether or not you agree, as opposed to me finding out why you asked that. And why it matters to you. And then we start maybe even listening to, hearing each other. Hmm. I don't understand why you voted for that person. Tell me why that's appealing to you. No, who are you? Where do you come from? Oh, I can see why that would be appealing to you. Mm -hmm. It's like anti-polarization.
0: And in some ways, like telling a world, telling a story multiple stories of some fictitious guy who sounds like he grows bears. Um, is a story like this something that you hope can like bring people together? Like, is that, is that part of like what you see your work is? I mean, if you're moving away from <laughs> this sort of like, Hey, am I in, am I out kind of game that so many of us
1: play? Well, my experience has been that the conversation, this is on discussions I've had with people about the book we just instantly people want to go to a whole where they come from and what spoke to them and it's just a different kind of quality of interaction that is it um, makes me feel close to people and I hear like your mother I ah, oh, there's something where we're just yep. instantly communing in a more significant way. Hmm.
0: Teachers play a big role in the story. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some very impactful teachers.
1: Yes.
0: Did I, if I remember correctly, at one point there was something else that you were working on about a teacher, music teacher, high school teacher, something like that. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. There was a, t- I, yeah. I a, a TV t- show, there right?
1: Was a TV show that's on a shelf somewhere at a network. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it seems like, like this teacher role, um, It's popped up in your work multiple times. Mm -hmm.
1: And that was another permission thing where I was like, Oh God, so many of my characters make speeches seriously. And I was like, yeah, yeah. In this faraway world created by me, a lot of people seem to make speeches. (laughs) You know what I mean? That was just part of the, yeah. mm -hmm." And, and even the, taking you through his education and the beginning, which is like almost like the prequel, um, yeah, it's, of course, of course I find this, like, once again, look, it's like the permission giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book about a, all these different planets, and it turns out it starts with this guy talking about how his teacher shaped him. And you get but a that, number of the lessons. Yeah.
0: But but there's a lot, like, isn't that, like, having an older Yoda wise guide figure in
1: various shapes it's and forms? Like, yeah. Yes. Nothing new, nothing new here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did, I, mean, I did love, there's Ma'am Curti and then there's Sir Pong and then there's Ma'er Doby, which is a combination of Ma'am and Sir and like, and the fishing vest and all that. It's just delightful. And I really love, I loved when his dad was like, Are you ever bored in school? And he's like, What do you mean? And he's, like, saying, no, school, like, education, when he is telling his dad, like, no, school's like, dangerous and surprising and subvert, mm. like, that's how he describes school. I just love, I just love that. I just love yep. that they walk in these adolescent boys who, culturally, people would be, like, the worst students in this book are, like, exhilarated by school. I just love that. <laughs> And they and the, all the teachers get paid three times as much. I just yes. love. I just love all that. I just love it. And you can't have a class size bigger than thirteen, so there's a thirteen over every doorway. Just making education this nimble, um, full-bodied experience. Mm-hmm. They have to make a song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just loved. I just love, love, loved. Like that's his education. That's just how he sees education.
0: You seems to stinking happy talking about
1: this. It's so fun. <laughs> so fun. So fun. And even, uh, like, and even that. Even think think about the education thing. Where the, the teaching is the most esteemed. All the teachers make lots of money because it's really hard to get a teaching job because you have to be awesome at it. And mm-hmm. these boys who are they're whatever. What's it called? Prepubescent. Um, are riveted. They can't wait for class. Um, mm. Just how you think? Well, that's just kind of impossible. Yeah. Well, how much does a whatever B whatever two bomber cost? Like, cajillions of dollars are spent right now on stuff. Like, there is plenty of money to make education awesome. There's plenty. There's way more than is needed to make educa- to do the exact same. It's not far out. It's just. Mm. Where the will is and where the imagination is. So, some of it is funny because you just make up this super unrealistic thing and then you're like, no, it's not. Hmm. That's part of the exercise of the whole, the fun of all of it is to make something up that seems so out there and then go, is it? Really? Is it? Hmm. Like the circles, like the architecture of the city, like each place when it gets landed and the circles and how, when it gets to a certain spot. Yeah, also called urban planning. <laughs> Some of the architecture, yeah, the architecture is really fun too. Mm-hmm.
0: You love talking about the bread. I just, I felt the joy that you had with yes. that. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, go down makes...
1: my, I go down the hill here from my house and there's a bakery and they make an organic sourdough loaf that I go down and get. I just finished, so that loaf lasted $7.00. For this organic sourdough loaf, but it lasted me about four days. I just had a piece before this interview. I finished off the loaf, so probably tomorrow morning. I'll <laughs> after surfing, stop by. It's under an oak tree. It's a little hut mm-hmm. under an oak tree. Yeah, I'll probably going to get my loaf. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the people said that the book made them hungry, which made me very happy. Yeah, there's
0: there's a lot of bread. Um, so I assume that w- you're not on a paleo diet at this point. Since oh, uh, I can't
1: because of the book and the bread. I remember yeah, being that... I remember being in a bakery in Berkeley. And something about the, once again, the subconscious or unconscious is fascinating. And something, it was an open bakery and the pastries were so good. And I don't normally eat pastries, but I got something, a loaf of bread or something. And observing just in the time it takes to pick out something in the little thing and buy mm-hmm. it, the, the bakery itself, the ovens, the people working in the bakery, observe, like just taking almost like that snapshot of the scene. Mm -hmm. and not knowing why it moved me. I remember going out to the car and being like, what an extraordinary setting. What was it? Like the bakery really impacted me. I didn't know why. Hmm. And then later you're writing and suddenly you're creating this whole life in this bakery and you're like, oh, I must be drawing on that image.
0: Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) This is all so ridiculous and so beautiful, and I'm so happy about how happy you are. Yes, and yeah. To, I've obviously read uh, a, a lot of your work over the years, and to see some of the ways that you drop things in. Obviously, you dropped the word zimzum mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. book, which mm-hmm. I like. I respect that. Um, I like the, the details that pop out. So, uh, you're working on the audiobook right now.
1: Yeah, at some point, they're they're repaving our street, so. You can only record with a and then ee, ee, and then yeah. first, and you're like, okay, I'll wait. So, so at some point, there'll be an audiobook, yeah.
0: Okay. And then there's going to be a whole plethora of books. Well, obviously, there's
1: world. you're going to need to be able to, to purchase the brown ball print for the wall of your house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Well, we got lots of, I got some okay. friends who, we got lots of ideas.
0: Okay. So, well, I, I love how exciting this is. And I really enjoyed reading it. Like legitimately enjoyed reading it. So congratulations on that.
1: Well, it means the world. It means this is the first interview I've done about it.
0: So you're also saying this is the best interview you've done? The first, the best, the longest, the most meaningful. Okay, you didn't say longest. That makes it sound like it's dragging on. Like it was let's just stick with the best.
1: Well the, the the joy of interacting it with you. And hearing what you experienced and you laughing about me, laughing about characters as if I didn't create them, um, means even the air quotes promotion of the book. Like the integrity and alignment go all the way through. I'm So what would be called promotion? Well, you got to go out and then you got to get on a bunch of podcasts. Uh, no, I don't. And I don't, like, no, I get to talk to people about this. This is what I would do on a Wednesday morning. This is, like, the most enjoyable thing I can imagine.
0: You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. So so even thinking through from my previous experiences the release of a book, no, no, I'm not going to go out and promote the book. I get to have just, hopefully, I get to have an endless book club
0: nice
1: which to me sounds just like the most enjoyable thing imaginable so thank you
0: hmm well I'm honored to be a part of the book club and (laughs) I'll recommend all my listeners to check it out it's it's a fun read there's there's a lot of gravity to it but there's also a lot of levity and um, anyway Rob this is exciting to see you uh, trying this whole new thing and I'm proud of you man way
1: to go thank you appreciate it outstanding good stuff Rob